the Holy Gospel according to John, the first chapter. John the Baptist saw Jesus coming toward him and declared, Here is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, After me comes a man who ranks ahead of me, because he was before me. I myself did not know him, but I came baptizing with water for this reason, that he might be revealed to Israel. And John testified, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and it remained on him. I myself did not know him, but the one who sent me to baptize with water said to me, He on whom you see the Spirit descend and remain is the one who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I myself have seen and have testified that this is the Son of God. The next day, John again was standing with two of his disciples, and as he watched Jesus walk by, he exclaimed, Look, here is the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him say this, and they followed Jesus. When Jesus turned and saw them following, he said to them, What are you looking for? They said to him, Rabbi, which translates teacher, where are you staying? He said to them, come and see. They came and saw where he was staying and they remained with him that day. It was about four o'clock in the afternoon. One of the two who heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his brother Simon and said to him, we have found the Messiah which is translated anointed. He brought Simon to Jesus, who looked at him and said, you are Simon, son of John. You are to be called Cephas, which is translated Peter. The gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, Christ. I invite you to be seated. So John the Baptist was out there in the wilderness by the Jordan River, some 50 miles outside of Jerusalem, and he was like this religious hermit. He was a super strict Jewish guy, no dancing, no smoking, no women, no nothing. All he was doing out in the wilderness was praying to God and calling people to repent and be baptized. Now, Andrew was a disciple of John the Baptist. He was one of the ones that had been baptized by John and was hanging out with him. He was a quiet kid, a teenager. One day when he and John the Baptist are in town together and another fellow's with them, Jesus comes walking by and John points to Jesus and says, that's the one right there. The one who was walking there, that one is the son of God. And Andrew started following Jesus. Now, Andrew met Jesus because John pointed him out, word of mouth. And after spending a whole afternoon with Jesus, Andrew goes home. And then the first thing the next morning, he gets up and he goes and he finds his big brother, Simon. And he says to Simon, we have found the anointed one. And then he brings Simon to where Jesus is hanging out so that Simon can see for himself what this is all about. Now, Andrew did not give an explanation of his faith. He did not make any convincing arguments. 
All Andrew did was say, hey, I want you to come and meet this guy named Jesus. And Jesus immediately calls to Simon and nicknames him Cephas, Peter, Rock. Simon Peter, Cephas, meets Jesus because of Andrew. It's all word of mouth. You probably heard of Peter. I bet you recall how Peter once tried to walk on water one day out on the lake, and then he began to sink because of doubt. Or you might recall Peter saw Jesus standing with Moses and Elijah up on the mountaintop and starts going on, I know, let's build three dwellings for you up here, you know, trying to hold on to that moment. Peter, who promised Jesus, I won't deny you. I'll never deny you. I'm not going to deny you. And then denied Jesus for the third time when he heard the cock, the rooster crow in the morning. Peter had this outgoing personality. He was gregarious, charismatic, fun, a personality that attracts attention to himself. He was an excellent public speaker. He could just stand up extemporaneously and preach for hours on end and nobody got bored. He had energy. He had vision. He was a risk taker. He's impulsive. He's enthusiastic. It's really hard not to love Peter. He's up front and center in almost every single story involving the apostles. But the church would never have had Peter if it hadn't been for Andrew. Andrew was Peter's little brother. I bet it was hard being Peter's little brother. It was hard to compete with a brother like Peter. I bet Andrew spent his whole life feeling like he was in Peter's shadow. If there was a question about fishing, I bet Peter's the one that answered it first every time. And if there was a party, Andrew was the one hiding in the shadows while Peter was up on the stage singing karaoke. Peter probably got all the girls and all the glory, right? But Andrew, Andrew was the first apostle. And if it weren't for him, we would never have heard of Peter. Andrew's one of those quiet folks who don't think they have any real gifts. Andrew's humble almost to a fault, I bet. He's almost never in the limelight. He doesn't make speeches. He doesn't command crowds. He's not one of the top three, Peter, James, and John. Him, somehow his name never makes the news, and he's never listed as one of the eyewitnesses when something amazing takes place. But Andrew has a gift and probably doesn't know it. Andrew is good at introducing people to Jesus. He's good at saying, come with me. I want you to meet somebody. Just come see for yourself. Word of mouth. He appears in two other gospel stories. One is about two Greeks. Jerusalem, Jerusalem is on a major highway. It's like um, you can take I-70 all the way from St. Louis I mean, from Missouri to Colorado, well, Jerusalem is right on that thoroughfare as well in the route from Rome to Egypt. People from all over the world are going to and through Jerusalem all the time. And it so happens that there are two Greeks who were there and they're listening to Jesus preach and they come up after the sermon and they approach Philip, who's another apostle, and they say, we would like to meet Jesus. And what does Philip do? He doesn't take them to meet Jesus. 
he goes and takes the two Greeks over to meet Andrew, and Andrew, along with Philip, takes them to Jesus and introduces them, and those two Greeks become disciples of Christ. Word of mouth, it's referrals. That's how we're going to build up the kingdom of God. Do you remember the feeding of 5,000? You recall this story, perhaps. There are 5,000 people sitting out on a hillside by a lake. They're looking out over the waters of the Sea of Galilee. It's getting to be late in the day, almost dusk. Jesus has finished his teaching and his sermon, and there's no first watch, and there's no Taco Bell, and there's no Freddy's nearby. It's out in the middle of nowhere in the wilderness, and the people have to be fed. And Philip goes over to Jesus and says, you know, what are we going to do about this? I mean, you need to send them away so they can go find some supper. And Jesus says, no, you help feed them. And there's a little bit of an argument about that, about how they're going to handle the problem. And while Jesus and Philip are arguing about, we can't do this. You're crazy. You're going to, I mean, send them away. There was a little boy with five loaves of bread and two fish somewhere out in the back of the crowd. And it says, Jesus took the bread and broke it and distributed it to 5,000 plus people who were there. And there were 12 baskets full of bread left over when they got done. Now, what part of the story did I leave out? I left out the part of the story about how the little boy got to Jesus. The little boy was probably, like I said, back in the back of the crowd. And who's out there in the back of the crowd with the little boy and peers into his lunchbox and sees the five loaves and the two fish and tells the little boy that he needs to come up to the front of the crowd and show Jesus what he has? It's Andrew. It's always Andrew doing that. Andrew, who has been talking with the little boy, and he says, I'm sure I want you to come on up here and meet Jesus. And Andrew brings the little boy into the presence of Jesus, and it was Jesus then who transformed this little boy's life and transformed the five loaves and the two fish into a feast for five or more thousand. Word of mouth, a personal referral. That's how we're going to grow the kingdom. Everybody knows that the best form of advertising in the world is word of mouth, right? A personal recommendation goes a long way. That's still the most successful way to sell anything in life. There used to be an automobile brand called the Packard. I'm way too young. But I researched. Packard was the last car manufacturer to get on board with advertising. They did not advertise. Every time somebody came up to uh, old man Packard and wanted to sell him some advertising, he'd say, we don't need any advertising. Just ask the man who owns one. When he died, that became the Packard slogan, just ask the man who owns one. We make referrals every day. We cannot wait to share the virtues of our new car or show our friends our cool new telephones. And we're really good at inviting people to try out the latest restaurant that we went to And we'll insist even on driving over and picking them up and taking them there with us. We love to share tips on doctors, on video games. We'll gladly tell you about our vitamins, right? We'll tell people about um, 
the, the newest plumber or mechanic who's helped us out because we want to be helpful. We like to give our friends a helpful tip. And somehow when we're telling about all of these things, we do not get into anxiety attacks with worry about what we're going to say or that we're not going to be able to explain how the stuff works. And we don't try to explain the microcircuitry micro in the telephone. We just saw them all the cool stuff that it can do for us. So why is it so hard for us to tell people about Jesus? Are we afraid he's going to embarrass us? Are we afraid we'll have to explain our faith and convince people with amazing arguments? Do we think it's up to us to make people like him or believe in him? No, because none of the others did that. Not even John the Baptist, not Andrew, not Peter, none of the apostles convinced really anybody with their amazing arguments. They didn't explain how the miracles works. They just said, there, there, he's the one. Come and see. And once in a while, somebody listened. I didn't learn about Jesus from choirs of angels, and I'll bet you didn't either. And like me, I bet you didn't meet Jesus by following a star. Andrew met Jesus because of John. Peter and a little boy met Jesus because of Andrew. And a whole lot of people heard about Jesus when Peter stood up and preached in the streets. What if Andrew and John and Peter had remained silent? What if they hadn't said anything? What if they'd been too embarrassed to speak up? What, what, where would we be if that had happened? I mean, except for the Magi and some shepherds and a few people who were miraculously healed, all Christians, including us, have come to know Jesus by word of mouth, by personal referral from somebody who simply said with some genuine enthusiasm, come and see, come with me. And now it's up to you and me. Amen.